0: Hello, 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 I am Matt Williamson. How is everyone this fine Tuesday? I'm doing well, and I've been nerding out, to say the least. So let me preface this, that I host a podcast, Locked On Dynasty, as well as Peacock and Williamson on the Locked On Network. And our guest yesterday, Scott Barrett, was on our Locked On Dynasty podcast. And it just so happened, it was a total coincidence he works for FantasyPoints.com. It's a fantasy website, but they just released something yesterday that I fell in love with. And it's free for a week if you want, and there's no obligations if you want to play with it. Um, it's a massive, unbelievably detailed, advanced metric database that you can search however you want. And I spent hours on it yesterday. Just fiddling around, mostly Steeler stuff all kinds of things I dug up and I want to talk about today and start with Kenny. Actually, if you're interested in doing it, just go to my uh, timeline at Williamson NFL on Twitter and I've retweeted it and talked about it a few times. You can find that stuff there, but anyway, some Kenny Pickett stuff here for the first half of the podcast. We've talked about this before when he was at Pitt of the quarterbacks that came out in that class he was near the top in, times, in, in time to throw. And I guess top isn't the, the right word, the longest. I mean, it's not necessarily good or bad if you have a long time to throw because some guys that have long times to throw also buy time in the pocket well, but a lot of them also don't get the ball out of their hands quick enough. So that correlated to his rookie year, which we've talked about and I've known, but his average time to throw as a rookie was 2.78 seconds. The only ones longer were Zach Wilson, not good company. He was as bad a quarterbacks. So there was in the league last year. And he just held the ball too long. Didn't see things. Wilson. Fields, who often was under duress and would run around and probably had several plays where it was four or five seconds. Russell Wilson, who was pretty lost, honestly, for much of the year with Denver. Unsure. Patting the ball too long. Things like that. And Lamar Jackson, who's much more like Fields, of course. So, good quarterbacks. I mean, Lamar, of course. Um, but I think as a whole, Kenny needs to get the ball out of his hands quicker. Like, he's at 2.78 as a rookie. You'd like to see that at 2.68 as, as a, a sophomore, as a second-year guy. Get it out quicker. But there's some correlation here, too. That's why I opened with that stat. So, he's holding the ball longer than... Yeah, by the way, I should have said this. I filtered this of all quarterbacks who threw at least 200 passes last year. I don't know why I came up with that number, but it was narrowed it down to about 40 guys, give or take. So it just seemed like a good round number. Um You wouldn't have some of the strange ones, only one start and skewing everything. So um, 200 attempts or more. So again, he's holding the ball longer than all but four quarterbacks to qualify. But his a dot average depth of target, was only 18th. It was right in the middle of the road. So, for example, I think like Jameis Winston when he was with the Bucks and he was throwing a ton of touchdowns and a ton of picks, was holding the ball a lot and throwing deep. You know, like if you're throwing deep a ton, that would make sense. Longer developing routes. But his average depth of target is right in the middle, for better or worse. Again, I mean, this isn't being critical or this is wrong, this is good, this is bad. It's just who he's becoming as a quarterback and who the where the offense is, the passing game, which we're going to get to here. So, and then because of, it's almost the same thing, but it's not. His average depth of target was 7.9 yards downfield. That's 18th among the qualifiers. But his just strictly deep throw percentage was 16th. You know, well, I mean, I complain a lot, but they 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 run a ton of go routes. But what percentage of his passes were actually deemed deep throws? He's also right in the middle of the middle of the pack. This is a stat I had never seen before, but I think is really really interesting. And actually, it's pretty favorable for Pickett. And I've often told you, I was shocked as a rookie how well he eluded rushers. So if he if the statistician records a pressure, you know, uh, T.J. Watt beats a guy, pressures the quarterback, how long did it take until that pressure happened? Average time to pressure. Ball is snapped, hit the stopwatch, there's a pressure, hit the stopwatch again. Well, Kenny's average time to pressure was 2.66 seconds, which is really high, which means he buys time, and we'll get to some stuff here. It's a little more disheartening, really well. You know, it late in the down is when the finally, okay, that's a pressure. And I know that this isn't an exact science, but he was tied with Pat Mahomes for that. Um, the only ones that had a longer time to pressure were Lamar, Fields, and Rodgers. I mean, who Rodgers and Mahomes are like the best in the league at knowing where pressure is coming from. And eluding it, subtle movements in the pocket for Rodgers. You don't have to be a phenomenal athlete to have a high average time to pressure. But I thought that was really encouraging for Pickett because of this, too. So what percentage of his dropbacks was he deemed under pressure? 35.4%. That was like near the most in the league. Fields, Heineke, Daniel Jones, Davis Mills were the only ones that were under pressure. I'm putting that in quotes. A higher percentage of their dropbacks, but to his credit, he made those pressures come late in the down, or maybe some of it's his, some of it's definitely his offensive line. Maybe Chooks and whoever got beat, but later in the down, and part of it's because his time to throw is longer. You know, so. If he gets the ball out quicker is what I'm saying. Like, if he can bring his time to throw down just a little, still is the ability to avoid pressure, gets a little bit better protection, plays not as late into the downs, his efficiency could really skyrocket. That's what I'm finding out here. So, again, this is really interesting to me. How many of his pressures actually turned into a sack? Okay. I know this is really nerdy, but it was only 17.2%, which... Was 23rd highest percent, which means he's good. You know what I mean? Like there was, you don't want a high percentage there. So yes, he's getting, he was under pressure, a very high percentage of his dropbacks, very high. But they were late in the down and very few of them or few of them turned actually into sacks, which I think is on him. I mean, once the point that you've been pressured in a play, does he, does the, the defender actually get you on the ground for a negative play rarely with Kenny pretty interesting and I think this also contributes to why he was the ninth highest in checking the ball down now that sounds conservative and it certainly adds to his low average depth of target but I'm sure some of them were looking downfield looking downfield nothing uncovers oh I'm under pressure dump it to Najee and you get four yards out of it instead of a sack you know what I mean I have to study every one of them, but we all have watched Kenny, and then all those things add up completely to me. This I have a problem with, but I'm not just going to kill Matt Canada for it. But deep down, I'm not thrilled about it with the, the Canada offense. Really low RPO percentage, run pass option, where he comes to the line. And that doesn't mean he's, you know, should he, he, he reads one key on the defense. Should I get it out of my hands now? hit Deontay at the line of scrimmage because of the defense I'm getting, or should I run it? So, only six quarterbacks out of the the ones that qualified have a lower RPO percentage. And that just means the play call. Was the play call an RPO or not? You can tell how the line operates. They don't know if it's a run or a pass. But I would like to see the RPO numbers go up because it's a cheap way to get yards, really. I mean, it's not something you can live on. But it is a cheap way, especially last year when they were really struggling to move the football. You can get a cheap three, four, five yards, you know, as a runner or just getting out of your hands quickly. So I was a little disheartened that the RPO number wasn't at least middle of the pack. I mean, only six quarterbacks were lower. All right, I'll be back here in a minute. And I want to talk about a couple of the past catchers, some things I've, I dug up. Backing up what I've told you about lots of go routes, things of that nature, back to A. Dot average depth of target that applies to pass catchers as well as quarterbacks. So, Pickens, I filtered this by, I filtered all wide receivers that ran 200 routes or more last year. That's a big number. There was like 70 qualifiers, something along those lines. There were only five receivers in the whole league whose average target was deeper downfield than Pickens. So he needs to expand his route tree, whether it's him, Canada, both, whatever, but him as a deep threat is fine with me. I don't mind that he's near the top of the league in that category, but I know how he got there too. A lot of the context is go route, go route, go route, you know, and it's just predictable. So he was sixth highest in the league in average depth of target. Now, I know a lot of you, and I'm a Deontay Johnson defender. I think that's been pretty clear. I don't think he's, you know, the next coming of Lynn Swan. But I know a lot of you really killed Deontay for drops. And it's absolutely on your radar because he's had some timely ones, untimely, whatever that word is. And really two years ago, he had a stretch there where he had the yips. But if you look at drops per target, and I always tell you, Guys that get targeted more are gonna have higher drops. Stefan Diggs led Stefan Diggs led the league in drops last year. You know, like it's kind of a bad it's not a badge of honor, but it means that they're throwing you the ball a lot. I often said Wes Welker was always gonna to top a league in drops. But you would think Johnson, who gets a ton of targets, was probably one of the worst culprits in the league with drops last year. He really wasn't. So if you look at drops per target. So if I throw you a hundred balls, how many do you drop? You know, per target. 36 were worse. So, he was right in the middle of the league. I mean, he was like dead average in terms of drops per target. Contested catch rate, Pickens was fourth best. So, pretty clear. And again, the tape backs this up. You sitting watching home and TV backs this up. He's catching a lot of balls with people near him. And his dot is deep downfield. That's good and bad. I mean, it's obviously… You having a guy with a high contested catch rate, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, those type of dudes come to mind is an absolute skill. You know, I mean Brandon Marshall. But it also could mean you're not getting separation. Or, well, here comes another go route, I'm sitting on it, or you know what I mean? So I really want to see his route tree diversify. I want to see his separation get better. But the fact that he's productive on contested catches is pretty impressive. Now, this is weird to me, and I don't have an answer, and I don't know if it's just the offense not being great last year. And I'll get to Fryermuth in a minute, but passer rating when targeted. Every time the ball is thrown to you, what's the passer rating on those plays? Well, Deontay was sixth worst of all the receivers that were available. Side note, Chase Claypool was second worst, and that was with Bears and Steelers together. I mean, throwing the ball to Chase Claypool on either uniform was not good business last year. And according to this, it wasn't to Johnson either. I would imagine his lack of touchdowns has something to do with that, you know. Um, I'm going to skip over that a little, not because it's a bad thing. I just don't have a great answer for it, except for the offense as a whole wasn't great, of course, because Friar also applies. So... I did the same thing, sorted all the tight ends, 200 routes or more. And Fryermuth ended up sixth or fifth in targets amongst all tight ends. Or, I'm sorry, fifth in targets per route run, not fifth in targets. You know, so every time he goes on a route, only four tight ends were demanding the football at a higher rate than Fryermuth. It's impressive. I mean, that again, targets are earned if he's going out on a route, there aren't many guys demanding the football at a higher rate. I mean, it's Kelsey, it's guys like that. He was also sixth in yards per route run. So every time he runs a route, whether he gets a ball or not, how much yardage does it yield? Well, only five tight ends were better in that regard. You don't think of him this way, but he was fifth in yards after contact per reception. Again, After contact per catch. So catches a ball, guy bounces off him. What's he do after that point? Fifth best. And along those lines, ninth in the missed tackles forced per reception. I juked this guy out of my shoes or I ran him over. So you don't think of him as an open field threat. And the tape shows he's good, not great at it. I'm not going to say he's elite, but pretty darn good. He was fifth in the league. In receiving first downs, I think that's pivotal for a tight end. You know, third and eight, throw it to fire, fire move, he gets you nine. You know, um, again, only four tight ends were better. He was fit. But this goes back to the Deontay thing. All those things are wonderful stats. Boy, he's fifth best. He's sixth best at this. And they're all stats I really believe in. But just like Deontay, he was fifth worst in passer rating when targeted. I don't really know why. And I'll be honest, and I'm not excusing this because it's Steelers. Passer rating has been around since I was a kid, since you were a kid. And it's a little outdated, and I never knew how they even developed it. It's the least telling or my least favorite of all passing stats. But still, it's weird that Deontay would be sixth worst and Friermuth would be Friermuth would be fifth worst in passer rating when targeted. I have no real answer for that. This surprises me and might need to change, but they have good options out wide. But of all the all the tight ends that ran 200 routes or more, he was the lowest, absolute dead, I guess it's not last, but he was the lowest in percentage of routes that he ran out wide as, a, as like a traditional wide receiver. Odd to me, you know, because he can do it. Yeah. But he was seventh in percentage of routes run from an inline position, you know, as a typical tight end next to the tackle, only six guys ran more routes or higher, higher percentage of the routes from an inline traditional tight end spot. But last in terms of splitting them out wide outs, you know, um, as like a wide out. Now there's a, a gray area in between that he did plenty of is slot percentage, you know? So, Inline, slot, out wide, or basically your options, or from the backfield, things of that nature too. But you know, on the line of scrimmage, he was used much, 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 much more closer to the football. Which why not mix it up? I guess is my only thing because he can do it. But you know, you get Pickens and Deontay and those guys that can handle that. So I thought that was fun. Uh, that's what I've been doing for <laughs> pretty much all last night because I'm a dork. Uh, talk to you soon. Over and out.